Welcome to the Stalking Dead podcast where we obsess over everything The Walking Dead related. I'm Troy. I'm Katie. How you doing? I'm not pregnant anymore. <laughs> we had a baby. All right. Yeah. Another one. Oh, wait. I said K, not Maggie. You know, <laughs> we're, not, we're not talking about Maggie. She's a nice star. Probably had the baby. Hello, Herschel. R.I.P. Scott Wilson. Oh, yeah. That was a real sad. Yeah. You know, you walk outside. You just get live. Okay. Now you can't say that. I know. Anymore. I wanted to just get one more in, but uh, sad. Yeah. So it's always exciting to start the podcast at a time when we got a new season starting up. Season 9, Episode 1, it was a damn good episode. It was enthralling. Enthralling? Yeah, that's how I felt. Like I Did just, you just look that up before the podcast? No, I like just felt like last season was super boring. Playing a lot of words with friends. A lot of words with friends, <laughs> losing a lot of words with friends. Um, no, I just felt like last season I was kind of starting to fall out of love with the show, and this first episode kind of just reminded me why I like it again. It was great, I thought... You know, we should we should preface this with we saw this episode on AMC Premiere, uh, which is AMC's new paid streaming service where you subscribe. You have to have a cable uh, operate. You have to have a cable contract to get it. But you get at, they give you access to the premiere. But what I'm getting to is it was commercial free. It was commercial. And free. I kind of saw some points where you could see they were gonna go to commercial, and I'm like that really would have pissed me off. Yeah. <laughs> like when uh, the doctor I forget his name um, gets the spiders. All of them. That was the great best walker. walker of the show. There were some great walkers in this. They they really gave us some good close ups, some good makeup work. I yeah. thought it was tight. Um The guy with the jaw hanging off when yeah. they were in Washington DC. There were some big moments. Um but let's start with the new relationship going down. We got King Ezekiel and Carol. The new relationship oh just gosh. when you were getting used to one dreadlock person dating an original character. Uh, they give you another one. <laughs> the thing about the dreadlocks aside from the dating i mean carol and ezekiel is just a weird couple to me and thank god she didn't say yes to his marriage proposal but like can we stop it with the dreads because how did he not die when he was hanging there over all those walkers yeah, and they like that, they didn't just pull on his hair there's that moment where you know because it's smart to walk over a glass case a glass she floor that smart. has you know 100 walkers underneath it with a giant wagon, which we'll get to in a second. I got some problems with the 19th century throwback <laughs> vibes. But um, top five worst marriage proposals in TV history. It was real bad. <laughs> On the so she also said, no. And he's like, going to do it anyway. I'll save it until you're ready. Yeah. Maybe I won't propose to you as I almost just died and we were on horses. Yeah, no, in the era of the Me Too movement, maybe that's not the storyline we should be going with. <laughs> We had, I don't know if we, we disagreed or not. I don't know if we really, we kind of saved stuff for the podcast, people. Like, we watched the show. And we don't talk about it. Yeah, we try not to get too much into it and save some things for the podcast. I'm not understanding the 19th century vibe. Okay, I get it. Solar energy, it's all good. windmills. Um, but the whole going to a museum and jacking a uh, broke-down wagon that's clearly 100 years well, so old. Well, they needed the wagon to carry the heavy farm equipment. And they needed the heavy farm equipment because, like, the farm equipment of the 21st century and the 20th century it was all kind of, it was all mechanical in nature. So there was no way to, like, fix it if it broke. You couldn't just fabricate a new part. So they needed these very, like, rudimentary, like, plowing devices and things like that. And they needed a way to get them back. I don't understand why they needed a freaking canoe. 
Also, so you make un- a canoe. It was a little unclear as to did they wind up with all the stuff because Ken, uh, this character who R. came R. and went in the quickness, yeah. um, you know, setting the stage for the entire plot of the episode, Ken dies, and then they leave the horses and, and wagon or buggy behind, so I don't even know. Then Ken makes, well, he, he dies because he makes the classic move of like, I'm just going to go back real quick, guys. It's not going to be a big deal. Just going to go do this one thing. And then he ended up dead. He didn't really say all that, though. more like, I got to cut her free to save the horse. Uh, so Ken's parents, then we get into the meat of the episode. Oh, Ken's yeah. parents, who we just now are introduced to. Grace uh, Underfire. Grace, that was good acting. She's a very yeah. good actress. Uh, they're mad at Maggie uh, for their son being an idiot. I mean, you got to blame somebody, but it's not fair. So it leads us into this comic book storyline. We and, and the big moment of the, of the premiere is Gregory being hanged. Uh, at the end, Finally. in the village square, after they put the kids to bed, but clearly someone didn't get the memo to put all the kids to bed. No. Um, Maggie hangs Gregory with help from Daryl. Yep. Michonne and Rick kind of look on in horror. I I disagree with you. I, look, Gregory, whatever. He, he was always going deserved. to try to kill Maggie. He had been trying to, in this kind of passive-aggressive way for the past two seasons, it, he needed to be dead in order for, like, things to progress. If any character deserved to die, I'm with you. It was Gregory. He he is living on his, like, tenth life or whatever. Seriously. But I just didn't get the hanging. It was a bit extreme to me. I get the whole... I get a, a killing, a public killing to send a message. But I also... Look, I've always, I'm always going to be on Team Rick till the day he dies in four episodes. But we, <laughs> <laughs> you know what's interesting to me is I don't know if they would have hanged him if it hadn't been done in a comic. If they hadn't done done him in that way in a comic, I don't think they would have had a hanging on it the was show. Just, it's so, you know, so Maggie, is Maggie a villain now? Because, in my opinion... No, I, Maggie's a badass. But they're just, she's, she, they're just, she's doing, she just did what Negan did. She No, what she did, and she kind of, like, alluded to it with what she said about, um, to Rick about how it was time to put the children to bed, she was just saying, like, it's time to stop trying to be friends with everybody. Like, I'm done being friends with everybody. If something happens, there has to be a consequence, and I'm not going to just, like, let the kids keep getting out of bed as late as they want. This is deeper to me. I literally didn't catch on. I thought they was trying to put babies to bed. No, it was a metaphor. You know, Glenn was always this guy who always reminded Rick, like, this this is who we have to be, that person. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to be the people who will save people. Mm Mm-hmm. I, in my opinion, Maggie did to Gregory what Negan was doing to people. This killing to set an example. That's exactly what Negan would do. No, but Negan was throwing people into ovens for, like, passing notes in class. Like How, how less humane is that? No. I mean, he freed a prisoner. It's betrayal. Betrayal is betrayal. Whatever. Look, I'm not trying to say Maggie's Negan. She's not going around bashing people in the head for no reason. But Negan, in his purpose, he's setting an example. Is it that less humane? To push someone into a stove and to hang them? Is it, is I mean, I, I think I'd rather be hanged than to be burned all. alive. But who do you think? How long do you think? Like, what do you think took longer? What I think the, the punishment fit the crime. What, what do I think took longer? I think the punishment fit the crime. Equal amount of time, but like pain. What was wrong with a bullet to the head, like in private? Uh, probably would have been <laughs> the preferred method. Uh, nice firing squad, you know. What happens to what was the um, Earl? Was that his name, Earl? I'm not the, sure. Yeah, I don't... Did they even say his name? Who? The, uh, Ken's father. 
Oh, it's he's probably named Earl. I don't know. Are we ever going to see him again? He's probably going to get a hand chopped off or something, you know. He's going to get a hand job or something. Like you said that really fast. Hand chopped off. <laughs> what is hand chopped off business? It's a lot different than a no, hand we're job. Really, we're really in need. No, they're probably going to burn his face. That's no, no, no. But, like, honestly, like, the, the punishment fit the crime. He wanted Maggie dead. He went about trying to kill her. And attempted murder is, in my mind, is, an, is equivalent to murder. Like, you just kind of messed it up. What, what do you think of the situation with the saviors? Is Rick doing the right thing? What, what should he, in your mind, what should he do? I think it's tricky because if he leaves the saviors alone, they could just kind of reunite under this I am Negan, like, mind-washing or whatever. What would you call that? Like, um, kind of a brainwashing kind of thing. Um, They could just reunite and kind of come back and start, like, attacking. At the very least, just make life miserable for other people. Um, And But then taking care of them, I mean, they're depleting their own resources for people who were good all along. There are good people in the state, like, in the, at the sanctuary, like, they just happened to be there, and it's not their fault, but there's still a lot of bad people there. So, it's, I, I don't know. I'm kind of on Team Maggie, like, if we're going to help them out, then it's, we're not going to make it easy for them. No, I think we'll she had an obvious point of they should rebuild the bridge. Yeah. Um, but I think, obviously, you know, the key point of this episode was the tension there. And yeah. What I found interesting, and I wanted to talk to you about this, I saved this specifically for the podcast, is it's interesting to me that Rick, you know, there's this idea that, hey, thanks, Maggie, for helping us out, uh, helping us out with Devin Hilltop. Technically, Rick rules all of it at this point in my You know, he could have claimed that. So I find it interesting that we're kind of delegate. He could just say it wouldn't be – no one there would – I don't think the people in the community would question the fact that Rick just is the grand ruler of all the communities. Yeah, but at the same time, Rick doesn't – has never wanted that role. He's just kind of assumed it out of necessity, and he's been good at it. So he doesn't want to have his hand in every pot, but he's just really good at it. And if anybody else does it, it's going to get messed well, up. Well, you said, you know, I think that... I also, But I also think that he has faith in Maggie that she's going to make the right decision for her people. And he wants her to have her own people because that's how you reestablish society. You don't do it under one dictator, one, you know, there's no dictator anymore. It's... It has to be dealt up, and so he's going to say, I'm going to trust what you're doing for your people and that it's the right thing. Thank you for working with me on my goals, and I I think he's fine with just stepping back. How does this all play out here? So, okay, we're going to look ahead here, even though there's a lot of stuff to come this season. You have both Lauren Cohen and Andrew Lincoln leaving the I series. Know, are they going to die, or are they just going to... In the woods. There are scenes in the trailers where Michonne finds Negan's bat in like a rainy, muddy field, it's covered in blood, and there's you know I think that is the aftermath of Rick's death. I could be wrong. I think they have to the way that the interviews have gone. I mean, I read a lot of the publicity. They've all but said Rick's going to die. I could see it being the whispers though. I mean, could it be anybody that's going to kill? I don't think yeah. any. I, I he's definitely going to die 
from some of the, oh, oh, okay, sorry. You know, I don't think, I'm not trying to allude that Negan got him, or I don't think that's going to happen, um, or Maggie or something, whatever. But also we have to see what the heck Negan's up to. What kind of digs he's got? Is he in the basement of a condo he's in, in Alexandria? He's in the cell that Morgan built. <laughs> oh, that's right. But you, you seem disappointed that you didn't get a Negan monologue. I didn't want a Negan monologue. I just wanted no, like a glimpse of him, like feverish, yeah. with a big scar across his face. Let's throat. be clear: you don't get Negan without a Negan <laughs> monologue. Okay, oh, when we see Negan again, it will be a monologue likely directed at like, Rick that will take up like two commercial breaks. All of their curse words for the episode, <laughs> just for when he talks. Do you think, how do you think, I guess, let's assume Rick dies, because it's clear that Andrew Lincoln is leaving the show on his own, like, I want to leave the show. Right. The Lauren Cohen situation was she wanted more money, she had other opportunities, they're still trying, they said they might leave the door open for her to come back. How do you think Maggie gets out of this? She has a kid now? How do they write Maggie out of this show? They just stop going to the hilltop. I can can see Maggie just being like, Rick, I don't agree with the way that you're doing things anymore so we're cutting ties from here on out i don't need to see you ever again i love you goodbye so we just speak of the hilltop yep i mean it's not hard to do it's also not hard to not speak of the hilltop who's to gonna do. push enid around her new wheelchair you know okay. you mean rosita jr <laughs> i told you i said I, I caught a glimpse of enid Early on in the episode, I said to Katie, why is she dressed like Rosita? And then you thought that I was talking about Rosita. And then I saw Rosita, and I'm like, wow, yeah, you need really look like well, Rosita. Then she busted a head on the side, like, you know. Yeah. Nobody cared about poor baby Herschel at that point, either. And he fell over. I also think there's too many characters. I also think they named their babies terrible things on this show. Oh, Herschel. Judith and Herschel? Well, Herschel's like named the, after Herschel. I know, but still, like, the most unbaby names. Give them the middle name, Herschel. Judith, you look. But Glenn, Glenn Herschel. Why are you going to leave Judith as an orphan, basically? You know, we just got Michelle, but damn. I know. But I think there's too many characters, to be honest with there you. There are entirely too many. You know what it was a good episode for? It was a good Daryl episode. He really was getting the short end of the stick. I feel like the last two seasons. Well, like, no, I, I mean, we, we did get a lot of the, the moment with him and Carol. That was a great moment. Uh, Pookie. Pookie gave his approval. Um, but the, I also liked him at the sanctuary. Like, yep. I just I felt like it was a good episode for him. There's a moment, I think if there's any relationship, I, I really, really am always engaged. I was, I was always engaged with the uh, interactions between Rick and Morgan. And I think the yeah. thing that comes close to that, if something does, is... Rick and Daryl, and you know, and it's funny because Daryl said that line where he goes, "Us being out there when we were, you know, it was just a small group of us going mm-hmm. around. That was that was right. That felt right." And in that, he was basically speaking for every viewer. Of <laughs> <laughs> you don't know everyone's name anymore. What's the big guy? The big knight? What's his name? Oh, um, exactly. Uh, no, come on, man. No, and we love him, and he's adorable, and we hope he doesn't die. It but, is a lot. It is a like, I mean, at this point, it's the Game of Thrones. You have to write down every character that appears. I did have a question, though, if, and we didn't get it because Ezekiel didn't speak to anyone else. I wanted to know because he doesn't speak in the King voice to Carol anymore. So I was interested to see if he had gotten rid of mm, it altogether. I think he's done. I don't. I hope he's done. <laughs> Everybody needs something to get them through the tough times. Yeah, I would not want to be in that community if that was the case. So we're off to a good start. Um, Great start. But, again, this is a show that has to reinvent itself 
on the fly uh, in the I middle of this season. I think that's good for the show. I also thought that the camera work was very rem- reminiscent of the first season. I thought it was, a, like, in the beginning of the episode. It fell right back into its old, like, you know, steady cam for the rest of it. But, like, it felt very reminiscent in those first scenes of, like, there was, like, the crooked camera on the walkers walking down the street. And, you know, just the the pace of it all. I really, I really enjoyed it. I did too. I just, I wish we, I hope because they have to do it on the fly because they're just kind of thinking things up on the seat of their pants, by the seat of their pants, that it will kind of keep this pace for the rest of, at least for the first half of the season. A lot was made about the time jump and I don't know if you really, and, it, and I liked this, but there wasn't an emphasis on it. It was just quickly assumed, and here we are. Yeah. You know what like I mean? Maggie doesn't have a postpartum body. There was no reference was to, no. like, oh, this isn't a year and a half ago, whatever the time jump, you know, was. Right. I'll be interested to see. Other than Judith being, you know, 25 now. Yeah, and, and Herschel's obviously born. And Herschel the baby. Um, but it's still the same Judith, ain't it? It the, looks the, like the it. actor? Yeah, it looks Love. like it's. I don't know. I think they just rotate a new one in every three episodes. Here's your sister. Oh. <laughs> it's an Olsen scenario where there's just so many Olsens that they just keep bringing a new one in. I thought, maybe I was thinking it was irresponsible. We're getting into ridiculous territory here, but Maggie, you know, taking a baby out to the graveyard in the middle of the night to see if Glenn's grave had been... Uh, I'm not only was it irresponsible, but it was clearly him <laughs> baiting her. Like, Maggie, hi, have you met Gregory? He hates you. Like, if you saw somebody's grave, like, you know, desecrated or whatever, why would you tell somebody in the middle of the night? Like, I don't want to say anything, he said. But, you know, R.I.P. Gregory. And if you're trying to get... I, as a mother of a child that sometimes does not sleep, I'm not going to take time out of getting my baby to go, go to sleep so I can go, like, clean a headstone off. I'm going to save that for the next day when we both have slept, hopefully, a little bit. And I can, like, put my, you know, put something into it. I'm not going to, it's just, it's, a mother did not write that scene. Okay, I wanted to, you know, we're going to move on. And, and, and again, tune in every week. We're going to be doing our recaps via podcast. Hopefully have some cool guests. And I had the fortune of uh, being able to interview Emily Kinney, who played Beth, Beth on The Walking Dead. Um, she is a singer now, as most people know, and she's touring, and she stopped in Cleveland the same night as the season nine premiere. Um, but I talked to her a few days before that, and we talked about, in terms of Walking Dead, uh, her feelings on Andrew Lincoln leaving the show. I mean, I know I'm more... Personally, as Andy than as Rick, and I feel like, I mean, I think of, like, oh, all his his kids, you know, being in Atlanta and his family, and I think it, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, as, you know, he's played the same character for for years and, uh, and been away from his home, um, and he probably wants to spend more time with his family and try new characters and... You know what I mean? For sure. So it makes sense to me as, like, a professional, like, and, you know, just as a life move. I mean, that's, I think, what happens in nine years of your life, you know. Like, he's probably like, man, I didn't know it was going to be that long <laughs> working on this. 
project. That's what I'm saying. I wonder, like, yeah. you, you have, you know, you're, you're young and you have music that you want to pursue. Look like this show could go on forever. If you never get the call that, hey, we're, we're going to kill your character off, um, you yeah. know, how long would you be doing this series? Yeah, although it's, like, so rare and awesome to have, like, a steady gig as an actor. Like, it's so awesome. It's like you're so thankful, but then at the same time, it's like at what point are you like, man, it'd be nice to play another character. Like, you don't necessarily get into acting to have, like, a lifetime steady job. You know what I mean? Like, you, right. um, it's not, like, the first goal. <laughs> um, it's very nice when it happens, but, it, you know, like, that's not a motivating factor. Um, we also talked about, I asked her straight up uh, if she watches The Walking Dead and – uh, her answer was no. You know, I don't, because I don't watch a lot of TV and I travel a lot. So, like, I, it's not so much like, I'm not, like, avoiding it, but I don't, it's not, um, yeah, I, I, I just don't. Um. <laughs> I just don't. I mean, there's no, like, re- I'm not, like, specifically going, like, I'm not going to watch it, but I just, if I'm home and I'm, like, what do I want to watch today on TV, I don't find myself wanting watch it. I just don't, I don't. It's scary and I don't know. It's such an uplifting show though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I do like it. I like the show. I've loved watching it when I do watch it. I think it's like so great. I'm proud of it, but I just don't, I just don't. I don't know why. <laughs> what do you think about this idea of not watching a show? Uh, are you surprised that she doesn't watch the show? For her reason, she, she, you know, she basically says, she travels a lot, and, and I thought it was funny. She goes, it's a scary show. It's not exactly the show that I gravitate towards. But, you know, would I, you want to watch the show after you left? I mean, I don't know. It depends. I, I honestly I can't answer that. I don't know. I think it's weird if she watched it when she was on it and then stopped watching it. Um, but for me, like, if I was an actor on a show and my character was, dead all of a sudden. I'd kind of want to see where the show progressed, not just like hear it through the grapevine. So yeah, I think it's a little weird. The other thing, you know, the final... That's scary. It's terrifying. The final thing... <laughs> the spiders were. That was rough. That was, I was, that I was like straight up like horror movie shit. And I, I like that Rick was like stomping them. Like, what are you doing, man? Rick, there's no spiders actually on the ground. Like, <laughs> CGI. If, um, <laughs> the last thing I asked Emily is, uh, the question that I think everybody would ask her was a huge Walking Dead fan. What did she think of Beth's death and then the fan reaction to that? Uh, some of it was surprising, but, I mean, it was, like, sort of satisfying, too, to feel like something you worked on for, you know, four years, that it, like, made such an impact in, on people and, like, the character you created, uh, like, like, resonated so much with, with people and that they were going to, like, miss me, you know? Like, that, I mean, that was quite nice for my ego, I guess, not to just be like, oh, yeah, we don't really care. Okay, killed her off. Bye, see ya, you know? Like, it was quite nice for my, you know, you know, fragile actor ego to to have people say, we'll miss you, we love you, we wish you were still on it, you know? <laughs> so to close it out here, what did you, we go back to it, okay? I was not the biggest fan, I didn't tell Emily Clooney this, I was not the biggest <laughs> fan of Beth. I did think it was weird that she had her best episodes or at least the most Beth-centric episodes, and then boom, bullet to the head. I know, it's dirty the way they did her, but, I mean, I don't know, I don't, it was a little too, 
don't, I, I don't like the weepy shit. I don't like the sad, let's all cry, wah, wah, wah. Who else? Somebody else? Oh, Maggie got all broken up about poor old Ken getting stomped in the chest and oh, hit by a walker. Yeah. So, like, it's just these long, long like the time. biggest funeral in the history of the world. I've seen nobody else getting that. Beth didn't even get that kind of a funeral. Um, got a song. Damn. I know. Um, they just yeah, buried so like, Tyrese in the woods. <laughs> Did they even bury him? Father Gabriel praying. Yeah, I remember digging the hole. Oh, that's it. Oh, one Gabe. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I just I just don't like the sad stuff. I get it. They're actors. They love to do sad scenes, probably, but like it's just not for me. I don't watch the show for that kind of content. All right, let me close. We'll close out this podcast with this question for you. You're saying on the Beth theme, which character this season is most likely to get Beth, as in a character perhaps underutilized who's in the main cast mm. who gets their moment all of a sudden and then <laughs> oh, they're done. Maybe, um, what's her name? Judah? The dumpster girl. Uh, the garbage lady. Oh, uh, well, her name's Anne now. Oh. Uh, it was Jadis. Jadis! <laughs> yeah. I like garbage lady. <laughs> and I'm like, who are you talking about? I'm like, I think um, you said dumpster. I went back to the Glen dumpster <laughs> thing. I'm God. like, no. Um, yeah, I kind of think that they'll probably round her carry character out a bit more and then we're all going to be like oh we really like her and then she's going to like get her face bit off or something which would be super cool but like let's not get sad about it really you know and I, I, we have this podcast and we're talking and I keep thinking back in my head it's like there's something that's really bothering me about Rick dying like I don't want to see him die they yeah. need to do something here I can't watch him get eaten by like, a walker. You could kill Daryl, and I'd still watch the show. I'm not like if you kill Daryl, Daryl, we riot. I'm if you kill Rick, what's the point of having the show? I just can't like you know how to kill Carl like he got bit like or he got scratched or whatever. I used to think Carl was untouchable, and then when they killed Carl, I was like, well, now Rick is very untouchable. So that's why I, you know I can't see Rick getting eaten. Like I didn't, I couldn't see Carl getting eaten. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he dies and has a fever. Well, Shane's supposed to be back for that episode. So there's obviously some dreamlike or sequence that's Gets going the on. Flu. Getting the flu. the flu. All right. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for listening to the Stalking Dead podcast. Heads up out there. If you would like to sponsor the Stalking Dead podcast, we have some awesome things planned for, for this run of episodes. Uh, you can hit me up, tsmith at cleveland.com. And, of course, you can sponsor and check out all of our Walking Dead coverage at cleveland.com backslash walking dead. All right. Thanks. Love it. Till next time. Bye.